Hello, my fellow nerds. Welcome to the Captain's Quarters, the Star Trek rewatch podcast, where we are rewatching the entire Star Trek franchise starting at the beginning of the timeline. Today, we're talking about Star Trek Enterprise, episode 26 of the second season, which is the season two finale called The Expanse. <laughs> Have to wait for a whole new season. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Gabe. I'm with my co captain, Jason. Make so, Jason. Hey there, buddy. How are you? Fantastic. Hey, before we talk about the season two finale, Star Trek Enterprise, The Expanse, why don't we talk about Star Wars, The Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, which, sure. uh, as we're I'm recording always up for that. Yeah. As we're recording this, the third episode is out, which I have not seen. But. And I will that, try to keep my mouth as closed as possible to not reveal anything for episode three <laughs> <clears throat> but hey that episode two that was some of the best star wars i've ever seen that was amazing you took the words right out of my mouth buddy yeah yeah i couldn't agree more uh, it was so, a thousand it was so good. percent it was actually you know what i'm actually gonna go one step further from you and say it was probably one of the most deep not deep but one of the most revealing and gray best episodes in television today and i must say i don't watch that much television so this is a very small sampling (laughs) (laughs) but i'm gonna go beyond outside of the realm of star wars it's one of the best episodes of television that i've seen in a long time a long time yeah, I agree. Um, and not not in a traditional sense either. Because, yeah. like, I, I, I do watch a lot of TV. Um, and there are, <laughs> there are shows and episodes where I'll be like, wow, that was so good. And you're like, you know, people talk about this, like, golden age of television. And, and, some, and, and in many ways, it, it can be better than movies because of these long arcs that they can establish this was not that nope this this was like hitting on established star wars lore but like developing it into something that i could never imagine it being yep yep (laughs) i totally agree um uh yeah i i don't know how you want to tackle uh talking about this one but so i wanted to ask you so let's go this way so what were some of the elements that made this episode to you, st- that episode to you, Stan, and I forget what it's called. <laughs> I think it was called, I think it was called the Tribes of Tatooine. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds familiar. Yeah, um, that sounds familiar. Well, part of it was my expectations. And this is something that I've talked about on this podcast is I always set expectations that are never going to play out the way I think they are and then sure. that sets me up for disappointment but in this case um i was like you know how i always dig on the prequels for always yes. trying always yes. trying to rehash <laughs> old ideas yes to me this show risked that that in that it was like you know um to me boba fett was and essentially a mute character he was 
had a couple lines of dialogue throughout the first three In Empire Strikes um, Back, movies. you mean? Yeah. Yeah, he had a couple lines. No disintegrations. The, right. He's worth a lot of money to me. Like You know what I mean? And then yeah. the prequels, they just had to integrate him into the whole Stormtrooper, Clone, clone Trooper history. Mm-hmm. And it, it just felt forced. It felt like, hey, we need a way to get Boba Fett into this story because people love him so much. And we mm-hmm. got to sell mm-hmm. some... We gotta sell some Fett merch. So how do we get him in there? And so you 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 just you just tore apart everything George Lucas has ever done, and like the way he wanted to do things. As like he told Harrison Ford after Harrison Ford was like, "You gotta kill Han Solo." Oh, uh, yeah. So you gotta kill Han Solo. And this was I think before Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. He, I think Harrison Ford was like, he needs to die, and, and then you know. A, a, so according to I don't know lore legends whatever you want to call it hearsay, George Lucas has said uh, had said to him that I can't sell dead Han Solo toys. So you just <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, that's fine. That's fine. But so so anyway, I I thought this show was going to force Fett into something he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so so right now on Twitter, there's this big debate on the humanization that Star Wars does uh, retroactively. So like, like in the prequels, there's the humanization. And, and really, really the, the animated show Clone Wars, there's yes. a humanization of the clone troopers. Yes. Because in the original movie, they're they're basically drones. They're yes. just like, you know, point me at what something to shoot, and I'll and I'll shoot it. But in in the animated show, they are um, humanized very yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, same same goes for. Um, I mean, see, same goes for, honestly, young Boba Fett in in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's he's kind of like the victim of other bounty hunters who are playing him to go after Mace Windu and stuff like that. Um, what what are other examples? It seems like there's other examples where they're they're humanizing things that were like oh, okay i mean the prequels did that to anakin skywalker and darth vader in in many ways there you go yeah exactly so darth vader was just pure evil but prequels and know, palpatine nicer. probably to some extent yeah yeah in episode one maybe um so so anyway so right now people are like debating like okay so the tuscan raiders they're humanizing oh, them. Oh no! Oh come on, Twitter! Yeah. Come on! <laughs> but 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 the start of that debate is like how they humanize the clone troopers sure. and stuff like that. So. Sure. Um, and where do you land, out of curiosity, on this? Well, so so I have to say I was like definitely dreading it because I was like. Boba Fett is nothing without his evil. He's that's what makes him cool. That's what people are into. Like people like uh-huh. a cool bad guy. Uh-huh. Um, but so anyway, but I think they did. They're doing a great job because you know there's a lot of 
um, sort of symbolic stuff that he's going through, like him being dragged through the desert in in season one or uh, episode episode one. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a, you I mean, know, season one is correct. Yes. No, that's also yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Episode one. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like he's being cleansed of his sins type thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's being reborn, and then obviously in in episode two, he, he kind of goes on his like little peyote trip thing, <laughs> and then uh, lizard induced. Yeah, he, you know, discovers his, you know, his kind of like true meaning and his sort of family tree. I think that tree was like symbolic of like his family and. Oh, um, interesting. You know, I, I guess you know, I, I it's a family oh, tree. You know, interesting, interesting, interesting. Be, because like as he was tripping out, you know, he saw his dad's helmet right. and right, right, obviously right. took took one of those branches and made a staff out of it. Right, right. Um. And so anyway, I, I thought, I thought they did, they did a better job there than, than like the prequel movies would have. Sure, sure, like, sure, cause, sure, sure. Cause it actually was like a, a long process. Sure. It was, it was not rushed. They let it play out. It was effective. Um, obviously, um, uh, Tamora did a good job. Tamora, uh, Morrison, Morrison did a great yeah. job. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was done right. Okay. And same thing with the Sam people, you know, like before, yeah, they were just kind of, um, just this dangerous group who would take pot shots at you and you just didn't really take them seriously. But now you kind of see like their motivations and their culture. Right. But it, but it was like the way they did it from their side, you can just see like, the conflict that they've had to endure not just from the natural elements but also other other people on Tatooine and um so I thought I thought they did a great job and so I, I loved it it was great and uh oh okay so you've been asking for more huts yes I have uh, uh, the, so let's give so Gabe Gabe and I've had we talk about this all the time and Mm -hmm. this is something that i've been like saying i hope the huts come back because you've said it on this show oh have i okay on this podcast (laughs) okay my memory my memory is not that good about you know that kind of thing Mm whether i've said on the on this podcast or not but yeah i've been i've been dying for huts and yes we finally got twins (laughs) (laughs) twins <laughs> so yeah i'm excited i'm excited because you know because tatooine i think is i mean i know a lot of fans will say oh we've been here before i mean you know tatooine is always you know in the universe you know in this galaxy you know it needs to expand outside and have you know tatooine junior <laughs> jacku um <laughs> but yeah, I the um uh but the, but the thing that I want to say is that Tatooine what intrigues me is that if you think about it if you go back to the original trilogy and you think about you know how Tatooine yes it was in the outer rim territories but it was controlled basically by the huts and in the story that we've been through Jabba the Hutt in particular and 
I think it's what's fascinating and what's intriguing is that the Empire, for all it's worth, basically, in a lot of ways, left Tatooine off by itself and let the Huts and whatever other crime syndicates, you know, run that planet. Um, and I think, and I find that power dynamic and that struggle to be really fascinating. And, and they're really, and they've gone, and they went into that in the Clone Wars animated t- television show and now they've expanded it even more to in this series with Boba Fett so I'm yeah mm-hmm. I'm excited right yeah yeah I agree. and now you know with the fall of Jabba and with Bib Fortuna dead you know now it's going to be really interesting to see what you know crime syndicates and other organizations are trying to vie for control of this plot yeah I'm a big you know <laughs> mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I know, I know, it's organized crime. I know, I know, but it's still interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, see, see, I I agree. And it goes back to what I was saying about that, that humanization debate. So like, yes. So like a big part of that debate is like, um, this is and this is my spin on it like star wars star wars is star wars like to me it doesn't need the nuance that other things need like it kind of works because it's black and white and it has Mm -hmm. like ultimate bad guys and ultimate good guys okay and like they don't they don't need like shades of gray okay and and if any if anything the attempt to add shades of gray just like waters it down to something lesser because because it's so full of like lightsabers and space battles mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just bigness mm-hmm. that it's not it's not gonna like have the time to marinate on that grayness to make it mean anything it's just gonna okay. come across as like we're throwing in nuance just for the sake of nuance and like so my my attitude going in to a lot of this stuff has always been like we don't need this show to or this movie to have these layers of nuance and and a lot of the stuff in the prequels or um some of the other stuff like has failed uh-huh. in my opinion because of that but this show interesting this show i don't think has fallen victim to that okay okay and i That's I, in- I finally think they've done it right it's interesting and- that you say that and yet one of your favorites, I know, is uh, the Ryan Johnson Last Jedi movie. <laughs> that is not. <laughs> that, got, that got criticized for bringing up too much gray <laughs> and too many layers <laughs> into, the, into the police chase. <laughs> yeah. See, um, I don't know if that's one of my favorites, but I will defend it. Because oh, okay, okay, see, gotcha. See what what you look at as an alteration of Luke's character. Yes, I, Jake I look, Jake I look at, I look at a stripping <laughs> away Luke to his most elemental form, which is this ultimate hero to the point where he's willing to sacrifice his life to save the galaxy. Yes, and that that is the ultimate expression of yes. Luke Skywalker. Yes, yes. Leading I, up to that point, though, when I'm, he was but, Jake. Can you... Yeah, but he had to get there 
he had to shed off everything. He literally had to shed his life away to reach his ultimate form. But so do you see the juxtaposition between that and this like trade squabble that was introduced in episode <laughs> one? How and like how that 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 was supposed to like you could see you could just see like George Lucas's like wheels spinning like ooh I'm gonna like introduce yes. this like nuanced yes. like yes. conflict and yes. that's gonna uh, and it just has no place in Star Wars it's just not a Star Wars thing Star Wars is about the ultimate bad I, guys I, I, I understand yeah. yes I get that and you know me uh, did, did okay I will answer to this I will answer I will respond to that in this fashion did George Lucas have too much control over the editing and the entire bit of the prequels? Yes, I will give you that. Other than that, though, because it was Star Wars, George Lucas can come into the room and it will be, So, in that aspect... I absolutely, I mean, the politics of it, I mean, because that's who George Lucas is. I'm like, I'm cool with that. I was cool with that. The execution of it, totally different story. <laughs> yeah, well, the execution of it is all that matters, though. <sighs> yeah. Like, like because, like, he'll, but, also, he'll also try to say, yeah, like, oh, Empire Strikes is... Back was a love story. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. But again, we're you're you're critics you're I don't know is criticism a fair yeah, I think criticism is a fair word. You're criticizing mm-hmm. the dude that came up with the franchise to begin with. Um yeah. and so it's challenging for me and I'm not saying that it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um because you know, I think Dave Filoni and the humanization of it adds so much to it. But again, you're talking to someone who loves that kind of stuff. Um, I do too, just not in Star Wars. That, that, but then, but it, but if it didn't, could we really have really good television? I mean, I can understand that in you know two 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 and a half hour movie you can kind Mm. of gloss over those things and it can be, you know, you know, kind of written in a book, a companion guide, or whatever the case might be. But, like, I'm not... Does it hold water if it's, like, done in a whole season with character arcs and plot lines and all that kind of stuff? I think it would be... I think a Star Wars TV show without that would be kind of... Yeah, no, I agree. I guess um, I ultimately maybe what I'm saying is a TV show is the only place they could possibly I pull see. it off. I see. I got you. But um, I think they're they're doing it better in this show than I think they are in like the Clone Wars. Uh, but could, but the Clone Wars just were closely tied to the movies, which didn't do it well. Right. So, okay. I got you. I got you. So anyway, I. So I guess, yeah, that's that's all I was saying. It's like I just think things should stay in their lane. Like, 
like um, some writers are really good at character analysis. Some some writers are really good at like um, you know the the psychology of the of the characters or or comedy. Like there's certain things like I think you just stay in your lane. And like, I see. Just just because something is big and popular doesn't mean you have to like add other shades of other genres interesting interesting because i think there's so many stories because in this galaxy there are so many stories that can be told Mm -hmm. that it's you know beyond the skywalker nineology right you Mm -hmm. know that there's so many other characters so many other aliens so many other you know viewpoints and things like that that it would be you know that there's so many stories that can be told and still make it at the core, you know, to each fan what Star Wars is. Yeah, I I think this this shows the first time that I'm agreeing with that. And like Clone Wars, sort of got me there. You I, mean I, the t- you mean the cartoon? Cartoon. Okay. How far are you? I'm on season four. Okay. Like episode like ten. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it was all good. And the, how, how awesome was the, uh, the Wookiee bounty hunter? Uh, yeah, that was, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And apparently that character is straight from the comic books from the expanded universe. Yeah. That's what I understand. And I think his name is Chris Santin, something yeah. of that nature. Yeah. Uh, but like he was so like badass. Yeah. Like, that was one of the most badass, like, character reveals ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for yeah. some, like, standoff with that guy. Not, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and I, th- and hopefully it's just the beginning or the thick, or just that there will be more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you wanted huts. You've said many, many yep, times to I the point to the point where it was prophetic. I think you you basically predicted these huts showing up. So were these the huts you wanted? Uh, you know, I I was not I was not thinking that. But and and any huts in any form of the families or yeah. any representation of the families of the hut crime syndicate um would have gotten me because that's just you know um they are some of the most interesting characters um in the galaxy in this galaxy the i do wish my only wish the only thing i would have changed with this episode i would have Mm -hmm. made those huts puppets instead of cgi oh instead of cgi okay yeah obviously you know that a lot of challenges but it just doesn't quite come off right oh interesting okay we just get we get into that uncanny valley thing okay it's just not quite there and the voice the voices definitely were of the uh cgi jabba's that we Uh saw and not the return of the jedi right 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 it's a lot more warbled and just it's just not quite right Okay, I got you. That was maybe my only critique, but it was minor. Okay. Yeah. I love how um, the male twin was wiping himself off with the white rat thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
awesome. <laughs> um, I, um, okay, so this may not be a surprise for you, but and to the listeners that we have, that when I do go off on Star Wars, um, I will say that I will take a stance on the um, the layering of all the things that have been going on. And I really want to say that one of the things that <clears throat> that I loved about this episode is the realization that Tusken Raiders are actually an Aboriginal tribe. For and sure. That, yeah, they that they've introduced into the story now, and the layer and the complexity and tomorrow and you know the fact that Tamora Morrison happens to be Maori um, has got to be. Um, lend itself um to that episode and it was woven incredibly beautifully um that you know that they are the aboriginal people of the dune sea and that is their territory and now that they've been you know marginalized um and i thought that was and you know that there's a chief and you know and then they're very um ritualistic in that fashion, you know, the carving yeah. of that stick, the the lizard brain peyote trip thing going on, and mm-hmm. then that dance at the end, that was beautifully done. Um, right. You know, and I thought that was... Do you think that was a callback to his uh, Maury... Um... I do, I do, yeah. I do, I do, I do. I do think that that was Maori, and, uh, you know, in some tribute to him in some fashion and then you know him you know then wrapping him in the in the tribal tuscan garb now we understand why he wears that black underneath his armor these days um Mm. since mando you know um Mm -hmm. and yeah and (laughs) yeah and then the way that he fought off the uh the train gang the pikes yeah um yeah, and uh, to top it off, there was a good old fashioned Western train yes, heist. Yes, <laughs> <You know>? yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went to go beat up a bunch of um, a biker gang, a speeder biker gang. To, yeah, you know, um, and yeah. So, I I yeah. thought that was gorgeously done. Um, I that, think so too. And that you know this is you know when they captured the the, the leader of the Pikes or the Pike or whatever you want to call that gang. Um, that, you know, he was talking about that. This is the Dune Sea is this, you know, you know, Tuscan, uh, land and, you know, they will grant you safe passage and all that kind of stuff. So that was, I thought that was great. Oh, so too. Yeah, I agree. It was beautifully done. Like I can't imagine ever anticipating that I would have sympathized with Tuscan Raiders to such a degree but like this episode right it, it really was just like whoa it was it was so right cool. and and that's why yeah. i come down on the and that's why i come down on why it's more beautiful to add layers of complexity to these um characters because it does add more layers and more depth and you get to um sympathize and you become you know you you want to go out and collect you know boba fett you know the new mm-hmm. Boba Fett, you know, or whatever, Tuscan Raider, you know, if you collect action figures or whatever the case might be. It just adds so much more. Right. Can I make a prediction? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
remember Anakin slaughtered yeah a tribe of yes. Yes. sand people yes after they had um, kidnapped his mother right and pretty much beat her to death probably you know yep and then later on he obviously becomes Darth Vader yep later on Darth Vader hires Boba Fett yes <clears throat> So my prediction is that the Sand People carry around this uh, memory of oh. a- Anakin as this like ultimate evil. Oh, and then they're gonna find out that Boba Fett was previously affiliated with the Empire oh. and Darth, and then they're they're gonna outcast him, and perhaps there'll be a. Uh, a conflict interesting there. that's Ooh. my prediction interesting all right wow i would not have wow cool all right i look forward to that i hope that's true <laughs> anyway should we switch universes yeah, to yeah, star yeah, for trek sure. for sure for okay. sure all right make it that tough. was fun that was fun thanks absolutely man. We always talk about Star Wars in some fashion on this podcast. Yeah, usually at the end. But yeah. I, f- I just was just chomping at the bit. I wanted to talk For sure. about it. So. Um, okay. so let me just say before we get into this, we've been off. Uh, we've been on shortly for like the last three weeks. So this has been, you know, so this is kind of us, you know, really nerding out and catching up. So, Right. On that note, too, uh, I haven't even told you this, Jason. I, oh. sw- I switched... Well, I didn't switch. I created a new feed um, for this podcast. Okay. On Anchor. Uh, and oh, the reason, okay. Yep. The reasons for doing that are, are numerous, but... Um, You've I've mentioned been, it before. Yeah. I've been talking to the Anchor support, and they cannot like automatically switch our subscribers from the one feed to the other. Okay. So... Um, Anyone listening to this who is subscribed currently or following us on Spotify currently or on iTunes currently, just go to my Twitter or our Twitter, Captain's Quarters Pod. Um, just I'm sure if you just search for Captain's Quarters Star Trek Podcast on Twitter, it'll it'll show up. The link the link is in there. The link to the new one is in there, and. <clears throat> I don't think this feed, the the feed that everyone was following before, I don't think it'll ever cut off, but I think at some point, um, for sure, the new episodes won't be there, and at some point, the backlog of episodes will go away. Oh, okay. Because I'm not going to pay for the pro subscription anymore, and I think that limits the number of free ones you can have. And I think I think what we should do is put like a free, um, or like at the end, as the most current episode, we'll just put a reminder to everybody. Whoa, to whoa, whoa, whoa. wait, wait, over. wait! You've been wait, 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 wait! You've been paying. You were paying yeah. for. Yeah, on SoundCloud. So we were on SoundCloud, and then that RSS feed. Okay, so how much were you paying? That I don't remember. It's not that much. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, yeah. give me an invoice and I'll, you know, reimburse you for half. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Um, we'll figure that out later. Okay. But, but so that's the thing is Anchor is free. Um, oh, and, right, and, right, right. And Spotify 
acquired anchor and so it's there's just many oh. reasons why it's better oh okay uh, and and so you know okay. we're not limited to the number of episodes we can do if not if not if you don't um you're not gonna remember this. I'm getting dinners okay. and like meals like when we're down there visiting y'all. So don't even right. fight me on that. <laughs> Since hey, you we're paying for the yeah, man. Well, the thing. If we can ever get out of uh, some sort of yeah. COVID wave, yeah, yeah, so. I think we will get. A, I think we. We'll, I think. I think we're gonna get there sooner than later. I hope so. I hope you're right. Hopefully. But anyway. So anyway, yeah. so go go to the Twitter for the new feed, um, and also, like I said, we will put an episode on the old <clears> feed <throat> that tells you what to do and and uh, reminds you to switch over because you're not going to automatically switch over. And it, and and if you don't switch over, it's going to look like we stopped putting out episodes, but that's not true. It's right. just on the new feed. So. And again, if you fight me for dinner on the bill, I will replay this part of the episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into this yep okay make so, it so make it so <clears throat> all right an alien probe attacks earth and it shoots this like giant laser it's like this very small death star and it shoots this huge laser at florida cuts down the gulf through central america down to S- south america and it kills millions of people. And the Enterprise is called home by Admiral Forrest, which, by the way, to me, this proves the point that they were <laughs> close to home. Pretty close which to I, home. Okay, which I that's interesting that you say that. That's interesting that you say that. Uh, no, you should... No, didn't I? And we'll didn't I predict? You did. I, you pre- did. Two episodes ago, I predicted. I said, they're going to go back to Earth. And that's the reason why they're, they set up this thing with, like, Mayweather's family being close. So that was my whole thing. Anyway. You, you did, but, hold, but hang on. And because this, yeah. is, this episode's called The Expanse. But it, you did. However, I will argue that in this episode that they, they go back to Earth and then they head towards The Expanse. And in my mind, the expanse is like crazy far. Crazy far, but, like crazy but far. I so we said, and we they both get said, to it in this. <laughs> no, it's actually three months. Oh, it's three okay. months that it takes it them. Is. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, it says that I think in the episode it says three months later. It does. Or You're they, right. They say it. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. But so imagine, imagine if this attack on earth had happened whilst they were um uh, uh oh my god what's the pleasure planet called risa risa yeah what if they're at risa and this happened it would have been you know what i'm saying so my point being uh, like, yeah 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 I they had you. to have been I'm not saying they were next door. I'm just, right, but right, I think, right, right. I think right, they right. were like a couple systems over or something. Right, 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 right. That's true. That's true. Anyway, so on their way back, the Sulaban um, g- g- approach and attack the Enterprise, and they they come on board. They do their Sulaban thing, and they sneak mm-hmm. on board. They capture Archer. 
and Silic is there and he tells Archer, um, hey, you need to talk to this shadowy figure, man. Um, <clears throat> and it's it was kind of interesting to see Archer and Silic being so like kind of uh, um, cordial with each other. They weren't fighting. It was the first time they've they've like not been actively fighting with each other. Right. Well, Archer so, does accuse Silic of being being behind the attack. Yeah, he automatically sure. accuses him, uh, you know, of the Suliban and um, the skinny emperor of, you know, attacking Earth. And right. Silic says, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but this is the first time they didn't come to blows in each other's right. presence. And so the shadowy figure... T- talks about the temporal cold war which is a thing that has come up multiple times but he also talks about the zindi yeah and he says that the zindi are the one who attacked earth and the zindi believe that the humans um are going to destroy their home world in 400 years from now mm-hmm. so this this shadowy figure in the temple temporal cold war is all about time travel and stuff and so apparently he has knowledge of the future that that's going to happen. We don't find out who the shadowy figure is. I previously um, guessed that it is um, the uh, time traveling agent guy. Uh, what, uh, what was his name? Daniels. Daniels. No, you said you. it was Ar- You thought it was Archer. I thought you mm. also have said no. That I still. I, my first guess was Archer, but oh, that was okay. that was purely based on like, oh, well, why are they obscuring who it is? Obviously, right. it's somebody we know. We're gonna find out later, but but then my my firm guess was Daniel. Is Daniels okay? Yeah, okay. and to me, this episode still still um, supports and- that because this guy is like all about like preventing a future thing because the thing is the zindi are going to come back like he right. says like this probe was just a test they're going to come back yeah with it more. was a yeah it was a um a prototype and they're actually currently building a um a more destructive one right now, and it's going to come back and destroy yeah yeah destroy earth mm-hmm. that's why and, i've always argued do what must be done <laughs> my gosh <laughs> Well, show no but, mercy, do not hesitate. But that's such a Daniel's thing. That's who thing. I think it is. That's such a Daniel's thing to do is to like <clears throat> intervene to prevent cuz why would why would the shadow figure care, care right. if the humans are going to get destroyed by the Zindi unless the shadow figure is it's true. human. It's true. It's true. So. And that's why do what must be done. Show no mercy, do not hesitate. (laughs) Wipe them out. Execute order 66. My gosh. (laughs) Um, No, 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 no water? (laughs) Holding no water? Yeah, well, okay, that goes exactly with what I'm saying. So, in the prequels, Lucas wanted to humanize and create the shades of gray to the stormtroopers but then he had to violently violently shift back to ultimate evil 
And so the stormtroopers went to like, oh, hey, buddy, hey, Jedi, let's let's battle together to instantly flipping a switch to now we're shooting Jedi. Right. So, so, so in effect, that whole, all the BS and definitely the animated show with with like the Jedi and their, um, them being brothers with the clone troopers is now you're, just out the window you're, you're not falling you're not you're not you're not you're not uh you're not feeling in love with commander cody <laughs> no i mean i think i haven't watched the bad batch yet i think oh, that okay. is is the answer to my gripe um i assume that is like hey they're not all bad even though order 66 yeah um was just violent reversal of all this like feel goodness that we we're trying to instill for no reason because like i said this is star wars we don't but anyway sorry i couldn't i couldn't resist <laughs> no i i led you down that road with my you know palpatine impression so that was my yeah. bad <laughs> okay well anyway okay so so archer now he gets taken back to the enterprise um he has to then uh persuade everybody that that's going to happen and that's particularly problematic with T'Pol because T'Mal, T'Pol has um, previously been hesitant to accept that time travel is possible purely yep. because the Vulcan scientists have said that it's not. And um, so um, at the same time, the Enterprise is ambushed again by the Klingons. Klingons are still pursuing Archer because because he um, escaped uh, the Klingon prison. Uh, and so they're actually um, attacked by Captain Duras, uh, flying his bird of prey. And um, this actually happens right when Enterprise is getting back to Earth. Um, so it was kind of cool, because I didn't know this. There's three other Starfleet vessels that show up and mm -hmm. attack this bird of prey and and sort of head them off. So I didn't know that there was other Starfleet vessels with that capability. So I thought yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm not... Okay, so hang on just a second. Um, I'm yeah. not sure if if those were commissioned Starfleet or just Earth vessels. I know they had Starfleet uniforms. Mm -hmm. um, I was unsure if they are actually commissioned Starfleet ships because we get to see... Um, NXO two the Columbia later, and so I'm, yeah. Anyways, go on. Okay. Well, so it was a it was a great space battle. It was brief, but it was yes. good. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. So that they were screwed. By the way, Enterprise was done for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh they, yeah. Oh they, yeah. They don't they don't stand a chance in hell against Bird of Prey. Oh yeah. Um, so so they survive that. They get to Earth. Ambassador Saval is there with uh, Forrest. Archer tells them the story. Of course, Saval is skeptical because uh, he's on the side of hey, our scientists said this isn't possible. So um, he's saying, oh, oh. So I don't think I said this, which is that. So these Zindi, they they occupy the expanse which is a, a dangerous section of space. Um, the Delphic Expanse. Yep. And that, that, that was part of what the shadowy figure told Archer was like, 
these people are there and it's crazy dangerous um, but you have to go and so, so the Vul- the Vulcans are like yeah we know about this place uh, one of our ships uh, the Von Kara went there and it was destroyed and not only was it destroyed like the the crew was like horribly disfigured and like all these things happened that because of that we don't go there that is totally off limits to us what were we gonna say yeah so i just wanted to say that um the argument that um emperor palpatine um, makes to archer is that Mm -hmm. he says that history uh does not record the destruction of uh earth in this time period in this time period and he's saying and he was saying that you know if earth is destroyed um that kind of disaster galactic disaster would therefore contaminate the timeline so therefore ensuring and making a case that archer must go and protect earth so in that in that sense you know he's not as you know uh evil as one might think and and that would probably support your argument that it's daniels right but it would also support my argument that it's order 66 and he's trying to protect (laughs) humanoids over um aliens so yeah okay we'll see okay Alright. Um, okay, so the Vulcans are afraid to go there and so basically um, Archer as a way to prove to to Saval that this probe actually is from like the future or or at least that this whole thing is tied up in, in time travel. He scans, Archer scans the probe and he shows that there is a piece of it that is um, 420 years in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's convincing to them. It's um, convincing to forests, but I don't think at this point Soval is yet to be sold on it. Okay. Well, at the same time, they they retrofit uh, the Enterprise with enhanced weapons. They, hold on, the, in that yeah. same room, in that same chamber, they also yeah. find um, the the frozen alien corpse. Oh right, right. Forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and and they don't know what the corpse is, and Soval like asks him, "Do you think this is Indian Archer?" Says, "I intend to find out." Right, okay. Yeah, and we didn't even mention maybe the most important, one of the most important things is one of the people who who died was uh, Tucker's sister. Yeah. Uh, in, in this Zimmy Well, you attack. haven't, I don't think, you, you haven't gotten there yet. That happens later. Yeah, well, so so the Zindi, the, when the probe attacked, it, it killed... Um, tucker's sister and tucker's out for blood and archer seems to be in agreement with like we're gonna go kick some ass right and and so so like he's like saying like yeah we're gonna go and he's he's out for blood too to be honest right and um so saval tells to paul 
um, her assignment on Enterprise is terminated, and this is a purely human matter. So Paul points out, if they needed a Vulcan on Enterprise before, aren't they in greater need of one now? Um, and so her assignment, uh, her assignment should be continued. Um, so she debates, but she does not disobey. Um, Enterprise begins their journey towards the expanse uh, and, and, um, and to return. So Vulcan is basically on the way and they're going to return to pull to Vulcan. Uh, on their way to Vulcan, they're again attacked by Duras. But because they retrofitted the Enterprise with new weapons, uh, which which I don't know... Um, these new weapons, where do those come from? I don't know if I got that from the episode. So when they went back to Earth, they retrofitted the Enterprise with improved weapons, shields, and um, a detachment of MAKOs, Military Assault Command Operations mm -hmm, Soldiers. Mm -hmm. These new, like, torpedoes, like, were those just being developed on Earth yeah. while the Enterprise yeah. is away? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like one instance where Earth has actually um, exceeded uh, Enterprise's technology. So which is interesting because so, you would think Enterprise would have... Right. So that's yeah. why I think, to answer that question, I think that it's... Um, that Enterprise has been sending back reports, you know, mm -hmm. with the captain's log and probably reports from Reed and I assume Tucker and that's why... And that's where they've been um, helping Earth develop these weapons because they talk about photon torpedoes and the photon torpedoes came from uh-oh the um the uh alien slave episode uh you know where um not the, remember the episode where uh we find out that um right that right, they're right. that there's an alien co-genitor co the co-genitor episode yeah so yeah. they talk about photon torpedoes and advanced technology so i believe that they so enterprise gets that information and gets those uh that technological database and sends it to earth um so they can equip um the starships now and because we're talking about the expanse we get to meet the new an X-Class Columbia, and we're, and we get to see it uh, in space dock uh, being right. fitted with those weapons as well. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Classic Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So on their way to, to Vulcan, they're attacked again by Duras, but because they've been retrofitted with these new torpedoes, uh, they're able to head them off. Um. So the Klingon ship kind of backs off and T'Pol reveals that she resigned uh, from the Vulcan High Command yep. and wishes to stay on the ship. Uh, she tells Archer, you need me, and the detour to Vulcan is canceled. So, so they head towards the Expanse with T'Pol on board. And who knows what the fallout from that's going to be. That's pretty dramatic for her. Um, yeah. Well, she's been, you know, she's been, um, there have been interludes to that where she's been kind of pushed to that brink. And she, I think she's been contemplating that for a while. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. I think this was inevitable. Yeah. So here's the here's where they do the three month journey thing. Right. So, so You're they do right. three months. They get near the expanse and they're again attacked by Duras. This time, after some sort of evasive um, maneuvers, Archer sets his torpedoes to a hundred percent. And they actually destroy uh, Duras, and I assume kill all those Vulcan, uh, all those uh, Klingons, and they get away. And then they enter the the enter the Delphic Expanse, and that's the end of the episode. So we assume that heading into uh, season three, we're going to figure out what's going on with the Zindi and um, this whole conflict. And so I think uh, we did predictions of what we thought the finale would be my prediction was that archer was gonna like overcome his klingon sentence uh via some sort of trial by combat um so i guess i guess i was right and you're right bring, i was gonna bring up the they're gonna bring up the klingon thing but i do wonder if him killing duras do you think that gets him even in the Vulcans? So or in the, I, I keep saying that in the Klingons' eyes, like, <laughs> like, because if he wins the battle, does that make him like honorably, like, sort of, uh, like, like he he wins, right? In Vulcans, mm-hmm. or, uh, in Klingons, care about winning battles. Does that make Archer like worthy of his freedom? Freedom. Uh, I think so. Um, but I also wanted to say I'm not sure if Doras is dead ah okay um but again if he is still alive he returns home incredibly disgraced uh and 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 so we we skipped over that part uh in act one where they're on the klingon homeworld in the council of the klingon you know in the chamber of the klingon high council Mm -hmm. where um Duras is meeting with the High Council and the Klingon Chancellor, uh, you know, was pissed <laughs> that Duras allowed him, that allowed uh, Captain Archer to escape, um, you know, from the imprisonment uh, twice, twice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Duras is, you know, dishonored because of that. Um, and that, you know, the, the high council finally decides that you know for the progenitor of this is that they allow him to go after archer again to regain his honor and so you know if he does survive um then you know he's really 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 dishonored i guess <laughs> got it <laughs> um, so and then so yeah so because like i said before duras this character or this iteration of duras or iterations i guess this lineage of duras and toral um moves forward into the 24th century so i'm not sure if he's so he must have had you know this Doros must have had, you know, descendants, um, unless there were family members or whatever that just decided to 
not be got it. You know, creative got and it. just continue Toral, son of Duras, Duras, son of Toral, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm not sure. Got it. Um, to answer that question. Um, but okay. Yeah. Interesting. He, but he'd probably be at this point. Um, because he's been beaten by Archer again, he's probably, you know, completely dishonored and probably, you know, the janitor of the Klingon High Council Chamber <laughs> or some sort. <laughs> you know, yeah. really lowest of the low in Klingon, uh, <laughs> you know, in Klingon society at this point. Um, well, and then, well, I, I mean, yeah. No, I just, so this season three, you know, they're going to address this whole Zindi thing, but I do wonder yeah. though, like, what is the Klingon stance on Archer now? Is he like super enemy number one now? Sure. Or is he sure. now a, is he now worthy of of them and thus uh, yeah. they like treat him as an equal? I mean, still not welcome, but like no longer gonna pursue him because he's has the honor of, of beating a Klingon. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, just I'm not sure if that's. I mean, you would think, but. I mean, even now, we've seen how dishonorable Klingon society has already become. That's um, true, yeah. So I'm not sure. And then yeah. I wanted to mention, because we skipped over it again, that um, Phlox is talking and, you know, being friendly to the Vulcan um, scientist Farat. Mm-hmm. And that Phlox actually discovers that Farat is not uh i have it here somewhere written down um uh oh uh that yeah so um that you know um uh that farat is actually um not a pathologist and and you know because he because you know, he's introduced to flox as being a pathologist to trace uh to analyze archer's exposure to the tra- to traces of um pyritic radiation found from the probe right. um but he's a liar um he's right. actually a psychi- psychiatric analyst um sent to examine you know archer's mental state in hoping of discrediting uh, his theory that time travel is possible, and I was—it's a blatant lie—stunned and floored that they would that the Vulcan High Command or Science Council or whatever body behind that mm. would stoop to that level to discredit Archer's theory just because it went against the Vulcan science, um, that time travel is not possible. I was shocked. I, and, and I was, I was like, maybe shocked is not the, is not the right word because we have seen Vulcans act, um, in their own self interest, even if it Mm -hmm. was flawed logic Mm. that, and also lying when it, pokes holes in their theories that they would stoop to those levels and going back to our previous discussion in star wars that adding layers to that i i was like wow okay that's cool that they've added that kind of layer as well that they would you know completely flat out lie and question archer's 
mental state right just to prove that their theory is mm-hmm. correct that time travel is not possible right yeah makes you uh not like these vulcans very much. right exactly exactly yeah. on top of pajem and all that mm-hmm. other stuff Mm-hmm. well i'm excited for season three yeah i think we're gonna spend a lot of time in the delph expanse Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, was there anything else you want to talk about with this episode? Uh, no, I think, I, think we, I think we covered it. Um, yeah. Okay. Good deal. Well, um, yeah, I'm not sure what else to say. I mean, we... They they had to go big the last the last season season finale was the one where like Archer went forward in time with Daniels and right ba- basically Earth was completely destroyed and then he had to go back to prevent that um, I in this episode they say like seven million people or maybe it's twelve million by the end yeah. of the episode. Yep. Um, are killed. Um, I think there's probably more than that were killed in the season one finale. But the thing was, is that Archer prevented that from happening. Right. Um, by going back in time. So <clears throat> in this one, I don't think there's any time that's going to uh, erase the millions of people that were killed. And no. One of, yeah. them, one of them being... Tucker's sister. Yeah, Elizabeth. Um, yeah, and it's literally there's this scar on Earth's crust from this probe. It's just this like straight line that goes down. Um, and that'll be a reminder for them, I'm sure, for years to come. And so the stakes are definitely really high. And for sure, you know, I think they, they did a good job of keeping it on a, on a cliffhanger. So. Building on that point, um, it yeah. will be interesting to see one ship, one, unless they find allies, and you know, unless they really make use of these Makos, um, it'll be really interesting to see um, how they get through it. Um, you know, because again, it's one Federation starship heading into a, you know, basically uncharted, dangerous territory. Right. Yeah. I I imagine there will be some conflict with these Makos. For sure. You mean Zindi? No, no, the Makos on board. Oh, I, I, I got think, you. I got you. I, I got you. Oh, you think there will be internal conflict? I see. Yeah. They'll get a little um, cabin fever. I got you. They're not used to these long hauls, so. I got you. Yep. All right. Well, if there's nothing else. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Please subscribe and all all the things. Follow us on Twitter. And we appreciate listening. And until next time, live long and prosper. May the force be with you.